Hi, I'm Rachel. Hi, Hi Rachel. Rachel. I'm a squirter. She said you were a squirter. I don't. That's. Once, happened once. It took us both by surprise. I heard about squirters, but I never had a squirter in my life. That shit was so nasty. I thought the bitch pissed on us. So I'm like, damn, bitch, like. I got the bathroom right down the motherfucking hall. Squirting. The magical unicorn of sex. The male holy grail. Like if he makes this happen, he's the Siegfried and Roy of coitus. <laughs> spray some water on you. I can even spray water out of my belly. Whoa. The question is, how, come, how common or rare are squirters? It seems like squirting is a thing lately. Are you finding more squirters now as opposed to five years ago? Hi, welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt cried a lot this last week as Donald Trump and King Dong Un had a battle over who had the bigger, more virile button. Or Matt's button was removed by the feminist activist who stole him from his crib and raised him as a gender-fluid, androgynous child with a love of Sarah McLaughlin music. Poor Matt, some buttons will never be pressed. <laughs> they don't even have a button. I, I don't know if people know that. Uh, who doesn't have a button? There's no button that detonates a nuke. No. Uh, among the most disturbing things that we'll ever experience in our life is Kim Jong-un and, and Donald Trump in a dick measuring contest. <laughs> But uh, I, by the way, I had an argument with, with my wife over whether or not the button was supposed to mean a dick or not. Where I just, I guess women didn't pick up on that like right when away. He said, I have a bigger button. Well, Kim Jong-un said, I have a button on my desk that I can launch nukes whenever I want. And then Trump tweeted back, I have a button on my desk and it's a bigger button than your button. Well, I, I pr- thought he was talking about his dick, but yes. I don't know if Trump is that clever either. Uh, he's not. He's not. He's clever enough to make a dick joke. Not he's, that that's necessarily. You he's know. made a bunch of dick. Well, the little rocket man thing. He's does. He's questioning his virility. It's like a whole. Oh thing. yeah, he it's, did brag about his dick on stage at a debate. Which yes. maybe that. Maybe we should have reflected more on that. The hands when he's talking about his hands and his dick size and stuff like that. There's no problem. Trust me. There's no problem. <laughs> it's clearly anytime you have to like disclaim that there's no problem with your dick. Yeah, it's clear. A dick measuring contest, which, by the way, I think I think Putin does that too. By the way, that's one of his things. Well, Putin where, wins. No, but I mean, he does a thing where he rides horseback, topless, and like has like talks about all the young ladies he's betting, and like you know talks about how he's more virile than other world leaders and whatever the shit it is. I don't mind it so much. It's just weird when Trump. The Russian guys don't understand that they look like tools. Yes, Russian yes. guys have no concept that everyone thinks they're they look like idiots. Well, I don't. I don't know if they look like idiots to other Russians. I think that Russian men they probably look that like is cool. And I think a lot of guys actually think Trump's cool for saying he has a bigger dick than Kim Jong Un. Really? Yeah, but not like the Trump voters, I think. Is Brian? Brian, are you chiming in on this? <laughs> I don't know, maybe the button just seems bigger because his fucking tiny hands and sausage fingers. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm guessing both men probably have undersized buttons. If you if you know what I'm saying. Uh, apparently, I was reading a psych profile on Kim Jong Un. I don't know how valuable they are, but apparently his daddy issues are so intense that everything he's doing is because his dad didn't think he was good enough to be whatever the next religious leader of North Korea. So everything he's doing is basically just to show up his father. Yeah, he was like the fuck-up kid that wasn't supposed to... Yeah. He went to school in uh, Switzerland or something along those lines. Actually, it sounds like Trump now. <laughs> they, kind of, <laughs> they kind of are the same guy. Trump has a lot more money. They but kind they, of have the same build. They both have weird hair. Yeah. He should do hands. like... Trump at some point will wear like the, the 
Kim Jong Un's outfit and start doing mocks of him and stuff like that. It is for I gotta say this for Trump. I, I just there's nothing likable about that guy whatsoever, but he creates good copy. He just says every time they say like a president would never say it, I'm like, yeah, but at least it's, you guys are all talking about. It. At least it's fucking interesting. It makes for it makes for good jokes. And by the way, 2017 just ended. And uh, MSNBC, CNN, all those places just scored record record revenue numbers they've ever had higher than ever before. Mm-hmm. Entirely attributed to tr- uh, t- uh, Trump. Entirely attributed to Trump. So there's there's a, there's a method behind this madness. How did they do during World War Two? No, they weren't around. They weren't around. The, the cable the cable companies weren't around during <laughs> then. But uh, this is like beat everything they've had like ever for ratings and for revenue numbers and advertisers and just like. Whatever they could do, Trump, they got higher, twice higher raised than ever before. Mm-hmm. So everyone's making a huge amount of money off this dipshit. This week's show is sponsored by 2017. You are a year filled with mob stupidity, unlimited self-righteousness, and bandwagon virtue signaling. 2017, thank God that motherfucker's never coming back around again. I like when people think the calendar turns and then something's going to change. That's one of my new favorites. <laughs> every, every January, when everyone's goes like, that year was so bad, or a lot of celebrities died, a lot of musicians died that year, that's not going to happen this year. Like, this year's going to be a better year, as if the calendar has something, some impact upon that. Like, I thought we stopped thinking about that, like, 3,000 years ago. Yeah, it is people, like, uh, they're like, I'm going to start working out and uh, yes. eating better. It's like, no, you're not. You've been doing the same thing for 20 years. I haven't gone to the gym yet this year because every January, the first week or two, it's just packed. Right. It's just literally packed with people that have made their New Year's resolutions. And by about January 13th or 14th, it fades off, dra- it fades off dramatically. I did make a few resolutions, but, uh, you know, just basic stuff, like uh, buy a new comforter, stuff like that. Yeah, that's a shopping list. That's not a resolution. <laughs> I have my parking ticket thing I did two years in a row. No parking tickets. Knock on wood, it's been two years since I got a parking ticket. I had, like, the year before, I had, like, 13 of them. Mm-hmm. And so the, two years ago, I made a resolution not to get a parking ticket. So I'm proud to say that's the first resolution I ever came up with that actually fulfilled. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter, Last Man Podcast, or Facebook, also Last Man Podcast. All right, Matt, I know you probably don't remember uh, New Year's Eve. Were you blacked out? New Year's Eve. Oh, uh, no, I just went Were you uh, roofied by a group of uh, BBWs? I was supposed to go to the kind of corner bar near my house, and they have an open bar for $60, and uh I figured that'd be kind of cool because... Is it really an open bar if you pay $60? Yeah, it's all you can drink for $60. Yeah, that's a pay, it's called a paid bar. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, it's not really an open bar, but it but is. But it's all you can drink for 60 bucks. So it's like, oh man, I could watch people like puke all over the floor. Yeah. And, isn't that uh, illegal? By the way, isn't that technically illegal to do that kind of promotional offer? Like they used to have that thing like happy hour prices and stuff like that where you were like encouraging people to get wasted. Yeah. Was technically illegal because it was encouraging people to drink as much as possible maybe if it's i don't know just the price of admission or yeah something. for the cover of the band or something i don't know how it works um but i didn't do that i just, I just hung out with a few friends and uh, didn't get in the mix at all and uh you know i think that's actually the way to do it is you got to drink because that's just part of the thing um but I, I don't know like whenever on the next day is like oh, i'm so hungover i'm like you're just you're an amateur man you, you know well, also, when you have a girlfriend or something and you're kind of attached, the whole point of New Year's when you're single is to get drunk and hook up with someone you shouldn't. So when that's kind of off the table, what's left? Does that ever work, though? I just feel like New Year's Eve is a resounding disappointment on all fronts. It almost usually is because it's a complete, there's absolutely no reason for the holiday to exist. Yeah. So it just made up as a drinking holiday. It's not Halloween where you dress up. There's just nothing going on. 
But girls like to get decked out for New Year's There's Eve. There's something about champagne. seeing the girl in the silly glasses and hat yes, with yes. the sad face. Yes. Maybe she's too drunk and just <laughs> just kind of frowning at the bar. It's, it's like hurts my soul. You turned it off. Did you watch? Uh, so you watch a lot of Fox News and CNN, I guess. Uh, rocking, rocking New Year's Eve on uh, television. I don't see. <laughs> speaking of, why does that exist? So it's like I don't want to go party, but I'm going to watch other like. If you want to stay in on New Year's, like I, I, I get that, I guess, but watch Lethal Weapon or something. Like, why, why do you have this news crap order. on your TV? Like, well, I it understand, just seems like, depressing. With the last two minutes, you can see turning on to watch the ball drop in Times Square or some kind of tradition, but they're on for six hours ahead of time. And I didn't understand. So the place I was at, they had CNN on, and it was Anderson Cooper and uh, Andy Cohen. Like a, a stiff, aristocratic gay dude, and just a, a massively drunk tw- Twitter, twit, drunk, gay dude, over-the-top gay guy. Which, by the way, I've always assumed, I have no reason to believe, know if this is true or not, that the real button-down gay guys really don't like the real Nancy gay guys. Like the real effusive extrovert gay guys. I can't tell them. which one you're referring to as the flamer. Uh, Andy Cohen. Okay. Andy, Anderson Cooper had to actually come, I mean, people knew that he was gay, but he actually had to come out and surprise people. Andy Cohen is like over the top gay. He's like hosting big gay parties. He's like, you know, he, he acts gay. He looks gay. He talks gay. So He's, these two everyman, these two yes, queens gossiping yes. about uh, the latest Kardashian scandal. Well, Anderson Cooper, my, my guess is on New Year's Eve, if he could have a New Year's Eve, it would be himself, quiet evening with his boyfriend or whoever, like drinking like a $5,000 bottle of port, like, you know, and talking about world affairs. Whereas Andy Cohen would be just a massive gay orgy. I'm with sure like, I'm dining <laughs> on like rare animals. Yeah, and shit. <laughs> it's something with not a lot. He doesn't seem like a crowd, big crowd kind of guy. And uh, so they did these. So CNN did these. They, the producers went in and figured out, okay, we're going to be out there for five hours. By the way, it's 12 degrees outside and they're freezing. So we got to do the shtick. We got to come up with different bits. So they have Anderson Cooper, especially the lead journalist at a news news outlet. Doing like little bits about like the Kardashians or other shit that Andy Cohen loves. He's in that celebrity gossip era. Area where he just watch what happens live. He runs all the Bravo Housewife shows. Yeah, he has like a talk show too that he. But gave. he produces all the Housewife shows too. He's a big he's a big money maker for Bravo, which right. is essentially is just a gay. Anytime I see an exclamation point after the, the channel name, I just <laughs> assume it's super. You can just assume it's super gay. But it was so uncomfortable. They they went like not only was it entirely gay, they went to the transvestite parade in Key West. Then they went to the, the marijuana smokers at like a, a, a paint, painting and pottery party in, uh, in Denver just to show how cool and relevant they were by showing people smoking weed legally in Colorado and having the CNN person there almost put a joint to her mouth. Whoa. <laughs> yes. Um, They're getting crazy over there. I don't understand. Like, when did they decide that, like, it'd be a good idea for, like, a news... I can understand, like, why ABC and, like, the Dick Clark show with, like, Britney Spears or whatever else goes on and Mariah Carey. It's actually an entertainment network. But when do they decide, like, a news network one night a year should feature, like, Don Lemon getting drunk and pierced? Like, he was in, Don Lemon was in New Orleans pretending he wasn't drunk while he was wasted. Uh, when did they decide that was, like, something a news organization should be doing one night a year? Uh, I don't know. I guess because they don't feel like working, but and, and maybe... Why don't they take the opportunity, like, here's all the stories we didn't report this previous year. Uh, there's some shit going on in Yemen, Syria, uh, you know. Well, I, I, they want somebody to watch. I get that part. But it was like someone pointed out, like, so Anderson Cooper's like, they're doing shots, like tequila shots or shit like that. It's like, it's like a, it was a gay New Year's Eve party, basically. 
Like, what if, like, North Korea starts bombing and they have to go on the air, like, breaking CNN breaking news, and then they have to take off their silly, like, you know, sunglasses and their hats and, like, pretend to be sober and actually report real news? There's something to be said for, like, elevating the esteem of a news journalist. I agree. I don't think they should be wasted on TV. I mean, you're getting paid, sir. Like, part of your job is to stay sober. If, if you want to have a couple cocktails under the, you know, at the commercial break, that's cool. But I, to me, it's like flaunting this thing, like fucking Anderson Cooper of Vanderbilt, uh, by the way. You know, like, look at me. I'm getting paid to party. Uh, I'm getting six hours of fucking screen time here. Um, but I, I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm simply, you know engaging in this party but doing a bad job of it like if you're gonna party fucking party i want to see naked twister you know i want to see you doing yeah, well, 10 shots of fireball not those guys you don't want to see doing naked twister no that i don't i somehow not only decided to have like a party they decided to make it a gay party which is fine but it's cnn so it's a little weird it's not like a logo channel or something like that having a gay evening for the is don lemon gay too don lemon's also gay uh and the guy they went to in in uh, florida for the tranny party is also gay as far as i know so they had they intentionally seen to pick all their gay reporters to, to cover. Are the they event. gays trying to like claim New Year's Eve now? Uh, well, they can have it, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, <laughs> gay, gay people do put on a good party. It just again, it's odd for a new someone that claim to be a news network to do that. Like once a year, just everyone like takes their hat off and gets drunk and start doing sex jokes and stuff, and smoking weed. It's just it's just. I don't, I, I don't. I don't hold these people in high esteem anyhow. But in the tradition of like Walter Cronkite, would not have done that. I find it very <laughs> strange when you're watching like an X Men movie, and Wolf Blitzer comes on, yes. and he's like, "Wolverine escaped <laughs> yeah, last right. night from the mental hospital," and I'm like, "What? Aren't you? Yeah, are you covering like Iran, or are you covering like?" Like, are you just saying that you will say anything for the right amount of money? I believe that's what you're doing right now. So now your coverage of the fucking election is a little bit suspect in my uh, opinion. I guess you missed New Year's Eve when Will Blitzer did spoken word uh, Demi Lovato songs. What? Yes, he did. He did. I don't even know what you're... What he, he did Demi Lovato so- a Demi Lovato song about, like, making love, but he did it in Will Blitzer voice. Okay. Yes. All right. So these guys... <laughs> I forgot hey, about that part. You're not on Saturday Night Live. I thought I imagined it, but then I saw it on tape afterwards. It was still, it was still there. Uh, well, it just it's just such it's such a weird thing that, to think that like we know that news and entertainment crossed lines a long time ago, but to be so obvious about it seems kind of I feel kind of like they should lie a little bit more about that. Put up at least a little pretense that you're legitimate news people, and actually like don't just do stupid ass shit on New Year's Eve. It doesn't make any... I guess they get money off, but it doesn't make any sense to me. And Anderson Cooper looked like he wanted to kill himself the entire evening. He literally is like... He's a skinny dude, and he literally looked so cold. His lips turned blue, and he could barely talk at one point. He just looked so fucking uncomfortable. Andy Cohen was so excited. This is the biggest stage he's ever been on. He was just effusive and excited and everything like that. And he kept saying, Anderson Cooper, do you hate me now? I bet you hate me now. Which is like, you say to people when you know they really hate you. <laughs> I just want to see, I want to see a drinking game. Like, they have to drink every time a, a firework goes off. And, I would, like, I want to see someone crawling on the ground and puking. Really? I was, thinking, terror, I was, thinking, party, terror, I was thinking terrorist attack would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little, little, little booth. It's just, it's a, we've reached a point where there's no, I mean, it's fine. I, CNN is just entertainment of a different kind. I get that. So this kind of reveals that whole thing. Let me ask you, uh, did you get felt up at any uh, holiday parties this year? I know it's an annual tradition for you. Any reach-arounds? Any gropes, grabs? 
No, no, I, I don't have any good New Year's Eve stories. No, really? No, Christmas ever, time? Ever. Really? Ever, no. Well, if you recall, it was just a year ago that Terry Crews got felt up at the William Morris party. By, Is that a year? He's been talking about this shit for a year? Well, he only started talking about it three months ago, but it was a year ago at the Christmas oh, party. Oh, I see. At the William Morris Christmas party, William Morris and whatever they stand for now, uh, that Adam Bennett, one of the senior uh, agents at William Morris, uh, walked up to Terry Crews and his wife and grabbed Terry Crews's package and giggled or some shit like that. And Terry Crews apparently uh, was so distressed that when the Me Too campaign came out, he decided to Me Too his, his horrible story. <laughs> and, he, and I think he got... Here's my theory about what happened to Terry Crews. He came out with that story. You know he's been doing that anti-porn thing for like two or three years now and the, how men should stop being... How, he did that masculine toxicity thing. He's been doing yeah, this whole... He's like a total cuck shill yes, asshole. Yes. And I have to believe as a former NFL linebacker that he's just making this shit up. I don't want to believe that someone who could be play football at the high level is that effeminate and that anti... That he was that hurt by... Well, then he just believes in all the shit he's talking about. I have to believe it's a crafted, branded strategy for himself. Oh, I never once assumed that he did believe it. I, I thought every, I thought America was on board with really? him being completely full of shit and opportunistic. Well, but when guys cuck themselves that much, you have to wonder if they're really just able to put on that kind of show or if they actually might be that way in some way. So, I mean, when a guy's doing selfie videos in cars talking about the dangers of pornography and how he can't sleep at night thinking about how men are being destroyed by pornography... At some point, you wonder if he's, like, just fucked in the head. Yeah, well, maybe he's, yeah, full-on, like, you know, shopping cart pusher guy, but he just happens to have a little bit of money. You know, that happens. It's possible. So he, he did that Me Too. He did the Me Too hashtag back in October where he was going to be the first guy. He was the first guy, and not only just any guy, but, like, a 240-pound guy, bench presses 400 pounds, who's just fucking, he's, like, 50 now, but he's, like, ripped to shit, uh, former NFL linebacker, to say he, was se- he too, was sexually assaulted sexually harassed in the workplace and he referred to this Christmas party groping and he got cheered and lauded and said oh what a great dude he is for coming out and, and you know saying that he understands how women feel and all this stuff and whatever and I think the adulation went to his head because then he just kept carrying it further and further and then he sued he actually sued he called out a bunch of people and then he sued uh, William Morris and this agent for sexual battery and emotional distress see that's where he really I didn't necessarily I did mind it, but I can see why he did the Me Too thing. Like, okay, you got gang raped on a subway platform. Well, I was at this uh, party with Open Bar. Really good catering, yes. by the way. Delicious. Four seasons. Shrimp toast. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this drunk guy probably as a joke or whatever grabbed my dick. And uh, so Me Too. It's like, all right, you're an asshole. But then that he, like, meditated on it and de- decided to go in person and file a police report and a lawsuit is like... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, you're really pushing it now. Yeah, like, if you were a dude, I was felt this way. So if you're one of these dudes who actually got, like, raped somehow or sexually assaulted, and it's super fucking embarrassed. I'm not talking as a kid, but I mean as a grown male adult. And it's, like, the most embarrassing experience of your life. You probably, or you got beaten by a woman or whatever it is, you probably keep that to yourself, right? Because it's so humiliating. Now, there may be a moment in time when you decide, okay, I'm going to share this story for whatever purpose. But then turn that into your mission, where you then become defined by that moment. Like I was sexually assaulted by a woman or I was sexually assaulted by another guy. To turn that into your big story of the year, that's where I think you're like, he went way too far and did not realize what the ramifications would be. No, I mean, unless, is it possible that he was actually like um, touched as a, as a child 
And so he's like hypersensitive to this kind of thing. Yeah, but he had someone had to go and say, Terry, dude, here's what's going to happen. All these women in Vogue and, and HuffPo are going to say what a brave guy you are. But every single straight dude in America is about to call you a pussy. It now thinks you're a fucking huge pussy or is about to call you a pussy, which is what happened on social media. Guys started calling him a pussy on social media for not sticking up for himself at the party. And for doing what it basically doing what a, a, a poor you know a victimized chick would do. Have you never had a drunk guy do something like guys will, you know, especially teenage guys, but in general they'll grab, you know, the the, the one guy will like just stick his finger up your ass uh, when you're walking by. You know, there are those guys. No, I haven't had that. No, there's there's touchy feely guys. You let them know, don't stop touching me. The guys who want to get back rubs all the time. I, don't I, haven't, even, I haven't been sodomized. If that's I don't, no, no, no. I don't mean gay <laughs> guys. I fun. mean, I'm talking about guys that do this to get a rise out of. The, it's their form of bad comedy. I know? had a roommate uh, situation once when I was younger, and the guy, I think I told you a story, uh, came out. We all three of us moved together into a place, and uh, I kind of he was a friend of a friend, kind of knew the guy, but not well at all. And he just started walking around naked around the apartment. And I was like, no. He's like, well, it's just us dudes. I'm like... Put your fucking clothes. Put your fucking clothes just on. Just us dudes. Just us dudes. Like, okay. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't go around a locker room like at the gym and say, "Everyone, put your clothes on." You know, I get that part, but it's not a locker room. This is where we live. It's not like we're in a locker room and I'm like telling you to fucking put some clothes on because there shouldn't be any nudity in a locker room. This is like our living room, dude, and you're fucking on the couch. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically you you were exposed. He exposed himself to you. Well, that's the that's the. The part you get right away, I don't think men quite understand, but women get right away, is when a guy is naked around you, it's because that he enjoys it. Yeah. It's not because he feels he, he was raised in an au natural jungle environment like Tarzan. It's because he's getting some kind of jollies out of it. And you pick, him up, pick up on that right away, and then you tell him to put his fucking clothes on. Because, <laughs> you know, if you've got a roommate who's walking around naked, he's doing it because he really likes it. <laughs> That's like... Not because he's saving money on wash. There's just something about that. Yeah. So, but no, would I file a would I file a, a complaint or sue him or, or whatever it is or make that my make signs about it and march across the streets like complaining about sexual harassment? No. I'm imagining the scene of the officer taking his report, just yeah. rolling his eyes, <laughs> yeah, and right. staring through him like Are you fucking. What? I should have become a fireman. <laughs> I mean. This, just like really dude like you're not over like <laughs> is there any damage did he rip your dick off what are right. we talking about and by the way there, yes i mean there is some stereotype going on that terry cruz is a big black dude right and so uh i, mean, I guess big white dude too like the rock or somebody else i guess or uh, terry uh, or uh, john cena or something like that same thing when you're a big huge muscular guy who's an ex-nfl player you're expected to take care of your physical business when people harass you, other guys harass you, uh, unless you're somehow incapacitated. It's just expected of a fan. You see the football players all the time. A fan throws a beer on them. The guy goes and fucking tosses them, right? You're expected, I don't know, even if you turn the other cheek. I, I would say you're less expected to act like the biggest pussy of all time that's ever lived. You're not expected to claim emotional distress. No, you're not. <laughs> it's so here's what happened. So the guys on Twitter started like turning on Terry Crews. <laughs> And calling him a pussy because uh, Jason Priestley, I don't know if you read the Jason Priestley story, the guy from 90210. Priestley making a comeback. Yeah, so Priestley said in the 90s, Harvey Weinstein was acting like a total dick around he and his, was a, and his girl, and he punched Weinstein in the face. Oh. That was Priestley's claim. And, it was like, and Weinstein just kind of laughed it off and walked away because that's what bullies do. And it was like, 
Dude, if Jason Priestley can handle this shit, <laughs> 90s Jason Priestley can handle this shit, how can, how can Terry Crews not handle this shit? You know, punch the guy, shove him back, whatever you need to do. I mean, you know, whatever. It's, if it's, he would have punched the guy, the guy would have left the party or, or just went to the other side of the room and no one would be talking about it. No, absolutely not. So Crews now is being challenged by tons of guys calling him a pussy, rightfully so. So he has to come back with something, so he plays the race card, which was really sad. He claimed now that he couldn't, you don't understand what it's like to be a black man, that black guys can't get away with the same justice that white people do, vigilante justice, and that if he had punched the guy, do you realize what happens to a black guy when that happens? And he would have been, presumably, I think what he's saying, he'd be locked away in prison for assault for many years. Uh, I mean, I think he might have a point of that if it was maybe a guy talking shit to a black valet attendant, <laughs> yes. grabbing the valet guy's dick, and then the black guy. But he's a known actor, and it just doesn't apply in this scenario at all. No, there's, and I think he knows that. There's zero evidence that wealthy black celebrities get second-class treatment from, from law enforcement. There's just no evidence of that. I always say, like, OJ, OJ was laughing about this, and Bill Cosby was laughing about this, and other guys. There's no evidence. First of all, all wealthy celebrities get a better treatment, obviously, from law enforcement. What a fucking asshole. Now he's kind of disrespecting the black community as well yes. as the Me Too thing. Like, uh, Terry Crews, yeah, oh, yeah, so I was heading up to uh, Woodland Hills. Uh, uh, officer, you know, I've been pulled over 10 times just this week, sir. Like, no, you don't get, you're not facing any, why can't he just enjoy his life? I don't know. Do you, many, do you know how many breaks Terry Crews must get? By the way, he play, and he plays on a cop TV show. Do you know how many breaks Terry Crews must get in his life from law enforcement? What's his fucking problem? I hate him. I hate him now, too. I fucking hate him a lot. I hate him now, too. Like, what was he, like, what's he claiming? Like, he was going to shove the guy who grabbed his dick or punch him and then, like, all the William Morris agents are going to gather and fucking hang a, new, hang a noose and just, like, lynch him at the party because that's what they do to black guys in Hollywood. See, part... <laughs> like, it's, so, it's so obnoxious. It doesn't even make... You can just say it, but it doesn't, make any, it doesn't even make any sense. Part of me thinks, and I'm sure it's as simple as just that he... Uh, you know, I don't, maybe he's not that uh, introspective. Maybe he thought that, in a very simple sense... I will now get some positive news coverage and yes. people will see me as hero guy and I can be this guy that goes on Ellen and talks about, oh, uh, it's not just women, it's also uh, big black guys. And Yeah, and I'll get more, I mean, I assume he makes most of his money from commercials, so he will get then more brand, he'll get start to get more brand commercials that favor women because if you have a high rating among female audience, you get more brand deals, like more commercials. Right. And he could be like that house dad in the commercials for whatever, Allstate or whatever, make a lot of money. And he's been doing that for a while, too, with the anti-porn stuff, which, I mean, I don't know if that wasn't a red flag, but he can't mean that. Unless, like you said, he's, okay, so there's three scenarios. He's a total usury, fake, opportunistic guy, which is probably most likely. Yes. He's fucking nuts. Or, uh, and, and, I'm, and this is just specific to the crotch grab, he just hated that guy and wanted to get him fired. <laughs> yeah, but why sue? Why go through a lawsuit with depositions and all that just kind of he's crap? Real vindictive. Maybe I don't know. I think he. I think he thought this would be really good for his rep, and then he got into it after a week or so, and then he realized like I'm in over my fucking head. Just like chicks who did the Me Too thing that didn't really have Me Too stories. Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of you know blowback to them. Finally, I think he realized now every single straight guy in America thinks he's a fucking pussy, and he hates that. Yeah, well, good. You, you should live with that shame, and I hope that no one ever forgets about it. No, I'm not going to forget about it, dude. I'm sorry. If you can bench press 400 pounds, you can take out at least eight eight William Morris agents at any given, any given time. You know, it, also, just an alternative theory, 
when you just rip steroids off like that, you know, on a on a daily basis, just getting straight yeah. tea, and, and don't you go through uh, like hormonal fluctuations, like at the end of the cycle or something? So like, think perhaps, you, you, think, you think he was menstruating? Yeah, like he turned <laughs> into a, to a chick. Like he turned into the 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 worst. It was a year ago. He's had time to think whiniest. about. It. He's had time to think about. It. He didn't file charges for ten months or eleven months. So it wasn't like spur of the moment shit. It wasn't like he was on the rag and he well, just decided. I'm trying to understand what he's doing. I don't think it makes any sense whatsoever. I don't like him at all anymore. I think he's I think he's mostly opportunistic, and then I think he got in way over his head, and now he's just started to believe his own bullshit a little bit. That's exactly what I think happened. Mm-hmm. Matt, you have a segment today where you're going to tell us all about uh, gender bias in the in the world of comedy. Uh, so this chick, this chick whose name I'm going to mispronounce now, uh, not intentionally. So Eliza Schlesinger. Eliza Schlesinger. I guess she won one of those TV shows, the like comedy tryout TV shows, yeah, Last Comic won, Standing uh, or something. I think she was the first winner of Last Comic Standing, and the only female winner, by the way. It is harder for it is harder for women to uh, succeed in comedy, mostly because they're just not very good at it. Uh, it's also <laughs> it's also hard for women to compete in the NBA. Um, so she had this thing where she did a girls only comedy night here in LA. She does these around. This is her fifth or sixth one, just for the girls to be together, not with the guy, no guys in the audience, to talk about funny girl stuff and to raise money for Planned Parenthood. How is this going to differ from your average? You know, female heavy lineup. Like, oh, there's all girls. Now we're going to talk about our periods and yes. and vibrators and it's boyfriends. Like, I think isn't that what you do on the regular show? Anyway? Yes, except men are not a lot. Men were not specifically not allowed in the show. So this guy George St. George, which is obviously a fake name, intentionally went to the show, bought tickets to the show, seated himself, was asked to sit in the back, and then asked to leave eventually because it's supposed to be a female safe space, female only audience. Uh, so my question to you, I guess, is your segment is. Who's the bigger asshole, Eliza Schlesinger or George George St. George in this story? Well, I don't I don't blame Eliza for putting on the show necessarily. Uh, you know, she's promoting the show a certain way, and uh, it's all girls. Girls like that type of thing, so they're going to come out for the show and think they're real superior for some reason. Uh, isn't it? Isn't the sex the sexism doesn't bother you? The blatant sexism. Oh, it does because you know I was looking at this George St. George guy, and he does this type of thing a lot, and. Uh, to fuck with her show seems petty, obviously, but of all the articles, they were mostly like, yeah, this guy's a total douchebag, but none of them addressed the very simple premise, which is women are allowed to discriminate and often do based on sex. They can exclude people based on sex, which is discrimination, and yet they still claim to be victims of this said behavior. Uh, a, they are a protected minority, despite being the largest demographic group in the entire country they are a protected minority so it's a complete hypocrisy um but you know no one would want to give up a bunch of free shit so like would i want to go to the uh female in the comedy show no i wouldn't but if i god forbid have to go to some fucking nightclub and the line is all guys and they're letting all girls in i went to uh good times at Davy Wayne, some stupid hipster bar in Hollywood. Don't ever go there. And uh, I was there for my girl, uh, not girlfriend, my friend who's a girl's birthday party. And she walked in in shorts and I had shorts on and I wasn't dressed, you know, slovenly. And uh, the guy said, you can't come in. I said, why not? He said, because you're wearing shorts. And I said, well, the girl's wearing shorts. And he said, yeah, they can do that. And I said, well, that's discrimination. And he was like, go fuck yourself. And I said, well, I identify as a woman. And he said, you know, get the fuck off my property. Um, Wow. You've been through a lot, Matt, in your civil rights days. 
That's Look, right. I mean, I'm not I'm not whining about it, but it's obviously discrimination. And so for a group to continually claim that they're being discriminated against while not addressing the fact that they benefit from discrimination all the time uh, and, and no one will bring it up. And if I bring it up, they'll be like, you're just a pathetic guy. Well, you don't have anything better to do. Like, well, yeah, I do have better shit to do, but you can't answer the fucking question. Well, there is a there clearly is a double standard for protected classes for women in particular. I think is the most egregious one since they are a protected class, despite being again the largest demographic in the entire country. <laughs> so it's not like you know for black or, or Hispanic or whatever it might be, where they actually are a minority population wise minority mm-hmm. and a socioeconomic minority, and therefore they you know faced a lot of bias in the past and now. Um, so they might have a grievance. They might have a reason to want to exclude other people to benefit themselves because they're. They're beneath everybody else, mm-hmm. whereas women have the benefit of having all the economic power being more greater in numbers and then still benefiting from the class they, they can still discriminate against men, right. whereas men could can not do the same thing. But I always fall back on the fact is, like, is there any harm to me as a guy or in the group that's being excluded? Does it really bother me at all? Well, is this something I want to go to? Is this something like, like if, if there's a golf course where men are doing business and like the petroleum business and a chick's an executive and, and they don't allow women at the golf course I, as a woman I, if I were a woman I'd say like that's fucked because I can't get work done mm-hmm. because all the deals are being done on the golf course I'm not allowed on the golf course but this is an annoying fucking female comedy show <laughs> where like I have to think as a guy I'm not allowed in does any guy want to be in there no, no. It, it definitely doesn't bother the guy it's the same guy that that goes in, in the wheelchair to every uh, you know, a corner bar in town and, and sues them because their mirror is an inch too high. Yeah. Well, yeah. or that a guy I always hate who asked to like make Hooters higher than one male waiter because it's, they're, they're gender discrimination. I love that employment. guy. I hate that guy. That's because, my guy. That's my favorite. But why guy. is that your guy? Don't you, don't you want the girls in the, you really want male waiters there? I'm just tired of women acting really entitled, perhaps not even understanding the fact that they are. Well, they're being exploited at Hooters. Let's face it. There's not, I wouldn't call the Hooters waitresses entitled people. They're making they're making like six bucks plus well, shitty tips, I mean, shitty tips yeah, to show their ass and tits sure off. I'm sure there's a guy at a temp agency that wouldn't mind making really? you know, twenty bucks an hour in tips for serving wings. Yeah, surprisingly so. I, I've known a couple of girls that work there who say it's the worst tip place ever. The tips are worse than anywhere you can imagine. And, and, and they smell, and they don't smell like grease at the end of the evening. Well, the, so the Hooters thing. But how about uh, if you go to? I don't know why I keep coming back to clubs. But if you get bottle service, oh yeah, that's a chick making a grand a night because oh, she's yeah. hot and she's only carrying out a, a bottle with some juice. <clears throat> you know, but there's a market. I mean, so, so there's, there's like ten times as many female models as there are male models, right? Because. And they get paid a lot more. But that's just a market force thing because women shop a lot more. There's a lot more female magazines. They buy a lot more clothes. So there's a greater need and a greater demand. But in the discourse, there seems to be no acknowledgement of the market. It seems to be like, well, uh, you know, we need to get uh, paid the same, uh, you know, in the logging industry. And it's like, but you're not climbing the trees and getting decapitated on it. Matt, you're taking me right out of uh, Eliza Slusher into Iceland. Our topic of Iceland today. Uh, I've actually been to Iceland. Have you been to Iceland before? No. I'd recommend it. It's a very pretty place. Okay. There's very few people there, which you would like. It's like Alaska. It seems like Alaska. I'll put that on my top Except it's 45 an, It's an island, so it's really hard to get to, which is, if you think about it, that's perfect for, like, the curmudgeon. It's very, very low populated, and there's an island, so it's, like, it's hard to get to. How are the chicks? Are they hot or are they have big heads? Um, well, first of all, there's just very few people there. So I don't think, uh, the thing about Scandinavian countries and mostly most European countries, I think is 
if you're a hot chick, you leave. Yeah. Because there's just better opportunities in a bigger market for you. So I think naturally the women, the Nordic women look better when they're younger. After they've had kids, they don't age very well. Mm-hmm. Because they're very fair complected. And they're very fair all over by nature, skin and all that stuff. So I think when they go through like some, some of that uh, stress of, of child rearing and stuff like that, it shows a lot more than I pe- think people with complexion, that have complexions. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. What are you, yeah, are you saying I look like shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like I, people who drink that are fair-skinned, it just shows a lot more than like darker-skinned people. Yeah. Or people that smoke when they have fair skin or just people that go through any kind of like, you know, whatever it is. Even like the guys who become like president and shit like that, they just look fucking like hell. Because this white skin shows all your, def- shows all your defects. Um, so that's how, I would, that's how I categorize Iceland. So Iceland just passed a law, which didn't seem like it was really big at the time, but Patricia Arquette says this is world earth-shattering. Uh, so Ireland just passed a law saying that men and women in the same jobs have to be paid exactly the same if they have the same job title. Uh, and then, by the way, this sounds like a law, e- e- the EEOC law we've had in the U.S. since 1964, which says you can't pay people differently for the same job based on uh, gender or race. Mm-hmm. But it's slightly different, and they've had it in Iceland, too. And most of the Western countries have this already. You can't pay discriminate against people openly. But it's always been like the burden of the government to prove that someone's doing that. And the, the bar has always been high because people can always say, like, oh, no, these two jobs aren't exactly the same. That's why he's getting paid more. But the Iceland law, the Icelandic law, now puts the burden on the companies to certify all their jobs in their company to show that they're actually paying men and women the exact same amount of money, regardless of how productive those men or women might be in their jobs. And so it's completely changed. So the burden is on the companies. And because the burden's on the companies and the violations are very expensive, they're just going to pay women more. So <laughs> they're, like, audited, basically. They're, they have to put forward, like, a, a, they have to go to this office, show who, what they're paying everybody at their company for, per job title, and get it approved by the government, basically, to show that the women are being paid the same as the men. Okay. This is regardless of their job performance, obviously, or their value to the bottom line of the company. So they could try to fight it for each position and say, like, okay, you know, these are male loggers with female loggers, and male loggers are logging, seven, cutting 17 logs an hour, whether the females are only doing 12. But it would be so costly for them to do that, it's just cheaper for them to pay the women more to match the male loggers. Uh, yeah. Look, isn't that the most... So feminists cheered this law. Iceland was the first one to pass this kind of sort of draconian law against companies uh, having pay disparity of any kind between the sexes. Uh, but isn't this the most... This, to me, struck me as very anti-feminist because it's completely like treating women like children and saying you can't compete for yourself in the workplace and therefore we're just going to pay you more as much as a guy who might be producing more than you because... Well, they're not saying so as a performance-based job. Like, if you're getting, uh, what do you call it, commission. Yes. They're not saying that you need to get paid the same commission. Uh, I didn't see that being brought up specifically. But what they're saying is, like, if you have the same job title. So the jobs, you know, so if you're, like, a shipping company, you're going to have, like, 12 different job titles, right? So everyone in those job titles has to be, women and men have to be paid exactly the same. Uh, you can't have a disparity. So let's say a job that like men and women can definitely do equally, such as just um, assistant. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you came up with. <laughs> well, like a pay, like a insur- filing insurance claims. Let's say okay. okay, like a claims adjuster. So if you're doing exactly the same, they should probably be, and they have the same experience and education or they should be paid the same and i think that's already happened that's already taking place i would assume that it that's what i was going to say that it's already like that so what this is saying is that there is they're saying they've had these laws in place for 30 years they have to be paid the same but still there's still a pay women on the whole are still getting paid less than men on the whole 
But that, that takes it takes away all the nuance of why that might be happening. So if you're the insurance filer and you have the same job, you're hired at the same rate. One of you calls in sick. Uh, every other Friday, the other one of you, uh, you know, puts in a little overtime, doesn't doesn't bill it all the time. Come pay raise time, both people have to get the same raise. Correct. Okay. So well, uh, well they, you have to show that men and women are both getting paid the same. So if they're two men, you could probably pay them differently. But if it's men and women, they have to be paid the same. So could you pay one man and one woman more, and then so it averaged out? No. No, you'd have to make you would have to make sure that the women were not getting paid less than any other guys with the same job title. So, if you gave a raise to any man, you'd have to give a raise to the woman. So this is um, this is almost sort of like a communist philosophy. Well, uh, it is, but based on gender, not based on proletariat status. <laughs> so, <laughs> the communist thing at least saw men and women equally. Yeah, it saw the job that you know the job equally. This actually is saying that women have to get paid the same as men, regardless of whether or not they're. They're worth the same to the company. So, so your theory is that the women will be benefiting from the free extra shit more often than the men. Of course they will. Yeah, obviously. Of course they will. I mean, that's why I think this is anti-family. What this is saying is like, look, honey, you can't you can't compete in the workplace like men can. So we're just going to give you an extra five grand a year to make up to make up for it, so you don't feel hurt, so you don't so you're not butt hurt. Suck on that government tea. Yeah. almost like a welfare state. Well, it's not lawsuit. government; it's coming from the company. The company has to pay it. The private company has to pay you more. So, say you're worth forty thousand to the company, and the guy's worth fifty thousand to the company. They have to pay you an extra ten thousand dollars a year, so they don't have to get get massive fines from the government. So yeah, I mean, but that's going to mess with the the company's ability to, to, to be well, an efficient raise their, company. Well, they'll raise their prices. People will have to pay more for whatever the product it is, and everyone's going to... Yeah. So it's like a tax on so the... So don't invest in Icelandic petroleum, basically, <laughs> is what well, you're saying. Well, here's the thing. This actually works. These All these, like, perfect world-type ideas work in very small, rich countries, <laughs> because they, they Iceland is, like, the third or fourth richest country in the world. I think it's the second richest country per capita outside of, like, the Middle East, the oil, company, uh, oil countries per capita. It's, like, 55 grand or something. So they have a lot of money. So if they have to, if people have to pay, you know, a, a dollar more for fish or whatever the fuck it is, it's not going to hurt them. They're a wealthy, they're a wealthy country of three hundred thousand people. So it's like if Wyoming, no offense, Brian, if Wyoming <laughs> suddenly like struck oil and every everybody was suddenly rich in Wyoming and they decide we're just going to do a lot of like giveaways to people, it's not going to hurt anybody because they got a ton of money. But the idea that this is like a good idea still does not does not really pass does not really pass muster because you just you know, the whole idea of feminism is that women should be given equal opportunity, not equal outcome, not equal pay. They should have the opportunity to earn the equal pay, but not just granted it because they're women and because we're going to assign the fact of being paid less to some cabal, conspiratorial cabal of men that are getting together going like, man, we hate women. Let's just pay them less yeah. and fuck with them, which you know never happens. Well, that's why with a lot of these arguments, I'm like, is it... Do you have a problem with capitalism? Which we can have that discussion, but I believe that that's what you're driving at. And, you know, I, there's a lot of problems with capitalism, obviously, but it's it's like you're not really discussing discrimination. You're discussing whether or not someone that does more can get paid more. Right. And also, by the way, if you're talking about socialism versus capitalism, socialism doesn't identify gender. It's just saying if someone works really hard, they should get paid well, right? And someone, you know, anyone who's willing to work should get paid as well as someone else who's willing to work as hard. Yeah. This is saying women don't have to work as hard and we're just going to pay them more anyhow because of natural instinctive discrimination against women by the men who they're therefore facing this uphill battle and being paid less. Yeah. Which I don't think exists. 
I don't think that exists. I don't think there's any proof. I mean, yes, if, if, there's a me- if there's a recording of the guys in the office going like, look, all guys, no women here. Let's, uh, let's all make sure we pay the women less because we hate women. You know, granted, we're, we have wives and daughters and sisters and mothers who we love. But women in general, we hate them anyhow. So let's make sure they get paid 12% less than the guys. Yeah. You know that never fucking happens. So if you're a guy now, so, so not only is, uh, is the company sort of uh, losing money by, by just giving out these sort of bonuses not based on performance. But if you're a guy now, don't you back off your performance a little bit, assuming that you and a woman who maybe has two kids and comes in less... Uh, aren't uh, are getting paid for not doing like? Do, yeah. do you, you kind of just do what she's doing now? Well, you could be fired though. You could get paid. Less. <laughs> you could get paid less. You're kind of fucked. But it, it was almost like it's just akin to like, say, a guy goes into a, a to buy a car and he like negotiates really strongly and gets his Hyundai for like eight grand or ten grand or whatever a fucking Hyundai costs. I don't know. I only buy Rolls. Uh, and a, a woman goes in. The rule would be like, if the next woman who comes into the Hyundai shop has to get the same deal that the guy just negotiated yeah. because she's inherently not as good a negotiator and therefore Hyundai is not allowed to they must whatever the last guy is who was a tough negotiator got they have to give to her because she's a woman who can't negotiate herself well see I think that as far as ending whatever gender pay gap there is in America just to eliminate any you know um, excuses on the part of the people advocating that it does exist so they just passed some laws in California saying that you can't um, ask the person f- uh, to uh, verify their previous income at jobs. Yes. And some laws like that. And uh, I'm kind of socialist on this thing. You know, I don't like these douchebag Republicans. Like, there shouldn't be a minimum wage. Like, piss off, man. You, you never had a job before, you know, um, <laughs> that your dad didn't give you. Um but why don't we just have a, a law because it, it would piss me off. And I hate having to talk about the job market because I haven't been in it for quite some time. Uh, <laughs> but how about Theoretically a law speaking. if you're a company, so say you're UCLA because uh, my girlfriend had to go through this. So UCLA is, you know, you go in, you're hired, and then they put on the poker face and they go, so what, how much are you looking to make? And you want to go... How about, motherfucker, you tell me how much you have, right. and I will take that. And and women probably do face some discrimination, if you want to call it that, in terms of negotiating, because they're not as good at it, because they're a little more timid and meek and easy to push around and um, frail, et cetera. So, um, <laughs> well, no, they can be bullied more easily. Yes, they don't. Women do not negotiate as hard as men do, on the whole. So why don't we just have a law that says if you hire someone, you just tell them what you had budgeted for their salary and that's their salary instead of going through this fucking... That's a whole bunch of complications with that too. I mean, part of your job, part of being an adult and working is negotiating your salary. That's just part of your job and making sure you get paid. If you don't get raises, to go say, look, I fucking deserve a raise. That's part of your job. I was saying it'd be kind of ironic if you were getting hired for a job where you negotiated stuff. And you're a horrible negotiator. <laughs> like, you just screwed yourself out of 10 grand. You're fired. I mean, again, so like women get ripped off like at the auto shop, right? When they get shit repaired, the mm-hmm. guy will charge them 250 for an air filter. That he just A guy just said, I'm not paying more than 134 or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. And the auto shop guy, it's not that the auto shop guy hates women. If it was a female auto shop owner, she'd do the same thing. If she saw a mark walking through the door, I don't care if it's a woman or a guy who was just a fucking mark, they charge him more. They charge me. They always try to charge me more than I fucking say, no way, this is only worth this, and then we settle on a price. Yeah. Uh, you know, now if a guy walks in, he's another mechanic, they know not to, not to screw him in the first place. 
But they do that. So what are you going to say? You can say, look, uh, whatever the last guy in who was like really savvy negotiator on the air filter got charged, you can't charge women any more than that because yeah, they're, would, helpless, they're helpless in this situation. It would be impossible to eliminate women being taken advantage of in, when they venture out into the world because there's just not as many male equivalents. They're not like, manicure, $700. And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> you know, no. We just don't get that. No. I, I can't think of a situation where men even face it the other way no, around. No, they don't, but the, here's the point. So, And it may be that it's more fair, quote-unquote fair, in a perfect world that women don't have to pay more or they get paid as much even though they don't negotiate as well uh, or ex- can express their value to a company as well. It may be hypothetically fair that they get paid more even though they can't negotiate themselves. But what, that seems to be a very anti-feminist message is, was my point, which is like you're saying inherently in here that women are helpless. Yeah. You're inherently saying that women are less, less aggressive, ambitious, and capable than men of an aspect of their work in the least, which is negotiating their salary. Right. So I just, I'm just a feminist here. I'm kind of upset about it. So for Patricia Arquette, uh, announcing this to the world is the greatest thing ever for women. To me, it's like an allowance. It's just like saying we're giving them allowance because they can't, c- can't compete with men in the workplace. I don't see how that's a great ach- – I mean, maybe great financially as an achievement, but as a principle, I don't see how that's a great achievement. It is. And if you're going to say it's a great achievement, you have to explain your sort of economic reasoning outside of just talking uh, like in a, in a simpleton sort of way of like, yay, free shit. Everything's great now. <laughs> yes. you know. And, and by the way, Patricia Arquette. Uh, have you seen Boyhood? No, I won't watch it. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Yeah, but uh, you know, you know the the gimmick of it is filmed over a period of twelve years. So in one scene, she's inexplicably pregnant <laughs> because she was pregnant at that time of the year. You have one job. You, you had to not look, to get pregnant. You had to age in a normal way for continuity's <laughs> sake, and you and you couldn't do it. They can't replace you at that point. I thought that was a real bullshit move on her part. Yeah, just cheap. But you can't attack her for it because she's a woman. She got pregnant. Therefore, it's protected. It's I'm protected. attacking it. No, you're you ruined protect- the movie. You're about to be sued. I don't like. I don't like <laughs> she a was movie like hunkered down under a table for some reason. I will not watch a movie where going into it, I know they're going to play a lot of melancholy music. There's going to be a melancholy <laughs> score. I just won't do it. I just like all I saw the trailers for that movie, and all I thought about was melancholy score. For Did like you an notice era. the scene where she was wearing like a World War II era like? Like bubble jacket for no reason. Because <laughs> she was because she was because she was pregnant. <laughs> I do. Like, I mean that happens sometimes. But yeah, you're right. Your one job was not to get pregnant during shooting. So all right, Iceland, fuck you. Sorry. Uh, it's a nice place. You should go visit. I think you'd like it actually, man. You look like the people there. I'm pretty picky in terms of food. You know, I I, I don't want to go down to breakfast and they got like blood pudding on there. <laughs> salt, salted salted cod. Just waste away. A lot of salted cod. It's a tourist place. So they have a lot of tour. I'm sure they have a lot of touristy like American American food. But they do have the amazing hot springs there where you get to go and, like, have, like, snow. I'm sure they have some in Alaska, too, the snow around you, but you're, in the, like, on a hot tub, basically. Yeah. Which is also kind of nice because that just seems like a great place to drink. Uh, it's, you know, if I'm ever in that area, I'll, I'll pop in. <laughs> if you're ever connecting through on Southwest, you can go there. We got an email from Eddie. Eddie wants to know, his basic premise is, will stupid shit still win in 2018? I can tell you the answer is yes. Uh, so his particular story is about F1. Do you watch a lot of F1 racing, Matt? Uh, is that the one, Formula the one, car? Formula One. Uh, it's like the Indy cars, but on the street tracks, like on the, uh, you know, the multi-curve tracks. Where they're like driving past civilians and tires that, are flying off. And yeah, shit. like the one they have, like the Long Beach Grand Prix, that kind of stuff. They actually have to make right turns. Yeah, so they make multiple turns. It's like it's like it's to mimic city driving, but there's no the roads are closed off. 
Oh, they're on like a track that's shaped like a, a road. Yeah, well, actually, sometimes they do it on real roads, like in cities and stuff like that. Like in Long Beach, they'll block off like 12 different roads and they make a track out of it. So they're in Indian car, Indian cars, we got to brake a lot. Because you can get you can go fast in the straightaways, but you have a lot of sharp a lot of sharp turns. So this is like every Asian guy's wet dream, basically. Yes, F one racing is huge and massive in Asia. In fact, <laughs> I think it's the biggest sport in Asia, um, but also in the UK and some other European countries. It's like after soccer, it's the biggest sport, the biggest most watched sport in Europe. I've never seen it. I think it would rake high on one of those things that's fun to do and not fun to watch. Like the teams, the F one teams are worth in the billions. I would if I was going to watch. Racing, I, I think this would be my my uh, version. It, of it's racing. definitely more fun than watching stock car racing than watching like NASCAR racing, where they just go in circles and the, the announcers scream a lot, and you can't tell what the fuck's going on. Have they ever tried to do a professional demolition derby league? I love demolition. That would derby. be really fun to watch. Yeah, I don't. Want, I don't like demolition derby because they're always taking station wagons and backing into each other. But like, if they took actually full like at high speed demolition derby, imagine just yeah with like brand new Ford F one fifties and shit. Yes, I would definitely and watch they that. They could put like they could make it like battle bots with like received, spikes on them. I and imagine shit. demolition derby was big in Alaska, <laughs> but they always had it was always old. It was always like suburban station wagons that people had abandoned, like <laughs> sold. And so for some reason, I think I even had a friend who did it one time. But it was always station wagons. It was just kind of obscene. It looked like PTA moms was blasting the shit out of each other. Well, in Alaska, there is so much space yes that you can just sort of find like a hundred football fields worth of you can kind of make your own obstacle but I imagine it's like while, while drinking so in alaska all the cars in alaska stay in alaska so i yeah. imagine there's a lot of like 30 year old cars in alaska yeah like they don't there's nowhere for them to go so like, like if you have like a 30 year old junker you probably just keep it somewhere in your in your yard yeah but then it, it, it probably won't start the next year yeah that's true i, I love i just love demolition derby so this Me guy too. did not this guy did a gayer version of that which is f1 racing f1, okay so uh so lewis hamilton is the biggest guy in the entire world for formula one racing he's like the champ he wins everything he's an american no he's a british guy oh. he dated uh nicole scherzinger the pussycat doll for a while mm. he gets a lot of tail he's like 35 he's super rich sounds playboy. awesome it's a great life and by the way you're always in monaco the races are in monaco and like paris and you like you can die uh, yeah, but not as dangerous as like, not like, uh, what's his name in, in, in NASCAR. You're not going that fast. You're not going 220 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. You're going like 90 around turns. Oh. So, oh, and you're low, you're, you're low to the ground. They hit the tire. It's the one we hit the tire, rubber tires if you go off the track. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyhow, he had this thing. So he has a huge Instagram following, social media following in the millions. He put up a video that got sent to him by his, bro- I think it was his brother and his brother's son. who's like a five or six year old. And his brother's son was dressed as a princess in a dress and dressed out as a princess for Christmas or whatever the fuck it was. And uh, Lewis Hamilton, who's like a guy's guy, right? He's a race car driver, playboy. He said, told his nephew, like, just nephew, you can't, boys don't wear dresses, was what he said. And they, and they did a smiley face emoji or some shit like that. And it was kind of funny. It kind of reminded me of ways I would talk to my nephew if I saw a picture <laughs> of my nephew in a dress, which is how I ripped the shit out of him. Uh, and unless I thought he was like a gay nephew, then I wouldn't probably. But like at five years old, I'd probably make fun of him. Uh, just because that's how our fam- most families re- interact with one another, like male members of yeah, the family. Yeah, you have to feel it out. I mean, if he was like questioning his uh, gender, not a five. If you had a brother and he had a five-year-old and a brother and he was wearing a, a, a Princess Elsa dress, you'd probably give him a little shit. Did he just put it on, or did the the brother? Was he trying to make some kind of? <laughs> no, statement? no. The kid was wearing it. They were having like a little party for the kid or whatever. He just a pretty feels, innocuous thing. Yeah, but like, it, it, so and Hamilton said like boys don't wear dresses. So he, Twitter erupted. Of course, there was a giant Twitter storm. I don't think any straight males give a shit. They probably all agree with him. But 
his brand advertiser started getting wind of the fucking fear of social media Twitter storm. And within 24 hours, he had to retract the, 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 the post he made and write a counter post talking about how, what a mistake he made and how proud he was of his nephew for being so expressive at such a young age and making his own, own choices in this world. So he's like, boys should wear dresses and high heels also. And, yes. You know, and, and, it, and On it, your this, wedding day, maybe you should wear the gown. And by know. the way, this boy for wearing dresses is even braver than all the other boys in the world because whatever. And by the way, so boys, just so people are very clear, now they've raised children, like four and five-year-olds don't pick out their own clothing. They don't go to the store. They don't get in their cars and drive and buy dresses. But like, your you, friends in West Hollywood do that. But like <laughs> four-year-olds don't like go to Target into the girls' section and buy dresses. No. Uh, their parents do. Their parents do for them. But if you put uh, a, a, a typical boy, if you put the dress and the um, you know soccer jersey in front of him, he's probably going to pick the soccer jersey most of the time, right? On the off chance, I think kids at that age sometimes do some uh, trans cross dressing or something like that. They'll dress, especially if they have sisters. They'll dress them like they're. And their big floppy hat and some girl thing or something like that, laugh at them. Uh-huh. And I guess some boys may like that at four years old or whatever. But actually, what's happening now is the parents are, hi- are encouraging and highlighting it, like on social media, like how progressive we are because we allow our, our kid to wear a dress. We saw that with the guy, uh, what's his name uh, from the Showtime show, Ray Donovan's kid. Remember that? Mm, yeah. Oh, whatever the fuck. What's Ray Donovan's name, real name in real life? Schreiber. Leif Schreiber had his daughter, his son, in like a Comic Con who was dressed as like a oh, right, t- right. 10 year old as, a, as the, the, the trashy chick from Suicide, Girl, Suicide Squad. Yeah. It's not just that they're allowing their kids to do this at home in private, they, they may be making some weird choices as kids. It's that they're highlighting in public and then asking for adulation and approval. Yeah, about that's it. what I was wondering if that's what the brother was doing by. You know, sending his brother the the photo of the, of the dress photo. Well, you never ten years ago, you never would have seen this, and I assume like human nature hasn't changed much in ten years. I feel like you wouldn't have seen it, not because they were trying to suppress it, but just because it was completely unworthy of showing anyone. Well, you weren't high, you wouldn't highlight it. You would not if you found your kid in a dress, you'd probably have a discussion with them and say, "Whatever, it's cool. You're four or five. You can your sister can dress you up. That's fine. But you know, whatever. However, you feel personally as a family." But now it's being highlighted as a like sort of a, a, a like a re- resume builder for your progr- for your, like your progressiveness and your willingness to be part of the modern gender fluid culture. So you have your kid boy in a dress, which you're clearly buying for him, or you're dressing him in because he's a little kid. He, little kids don't just get to decide how they how they dress. You can't just decide I'm going to wear like cut off t-shirts, mesh pesh pants, and heels and go out. Like your parents actually decide what you wear. They have no money. Well, it's not that they can't even buy it. Like, parents don't let their kids b- pick out their own wardrobe when they're four or five years old. They just, you don't. Did you get to decide what you wore at five? No. No. Looking back, I, I kind of <laughs> no. wish I would have. You know, like, it's like what other decision? You don't let your kids decide what to eat. Like, they're going to go like, yeah, I'm going to have pizza again tonight, Mom. Or I'm going to if I can eat ice cream Sunday for dinner. Or I'm going to stay. By the way, yeah, I'm five. I'm going to think I'm going to stay out till midnight at my buddy's house and smoke some cigs. <laughs> you know? Five-year-olds have no authority in their house whatsoever. Okay. So the idea that they're actually like, the parents are like, it wasn't our decision. It was something he really he wanted to do. I'm like, no, that's not true. You're clearly... In the very least, you're encouraging it and making it happen. He may have said it, but like he probably said he wanted to go to Disney World 25 times last year too. So Mike, Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton had to suck, had to like go back and like say and completely. And I assume because of advertiser pressure, go back and just pretend a bunch of bullshit that he didn't believe, which is kind of 
I mean, Eddie's question was, will 2018 suck as bad as 2017? The answer is yes, because you still have to do this. You still can't express how you truly feel, which, by the way, I think is a fairly mainstream opinion among guys, is that they don't want their they, boys shouldn't be wearing dresses. It's not, like, hurtful or bigoted to suggest otherwise. You know, he wasn't saying, yeah. You know, you should never do that. That's shameful, and you know that's uh, that's was, what's wrong with this country. Yes. Move to, back to Chelsea, you fag. Yes, no. He just said, I don't think boys should be wearing princess, be dressed up as princesses. That's all. It's his opinion. He knows the kid. You don't know him. You know. Well, I, I would going to say ninety nine percent of straight guys probably agree with that opinion. So it doesn't mean they're going to hate their gay son someday. It just means that, you know, you don't send your boy off to kindergarten in a dress. It seems like he was just ribbing a little bit. He wasn't, yes. you know. But you're not allowed, here's what, you're not allowed to express that opinion publicly. Yeah, you can't have a, a fairly tame opinion if it's not exactly what people on Twitter uh, and, and hence your sponsors say it should be. And then if someone starts a hashtag, which is, you know, Lewis Hamilton, bigot, and that hashtag goes around and gets re- hashtagged or whatever, liked 5,000 times, all of a sudden Toyota's threatening to pull out of your, you know, your $20 million sponsorship, yeah. and you have to fucking rectify it by lying about how you stand on a, pr- on a principle. It's always sad that, that, you get, that you have to say these things that you don't mean, and everyone, including the people complaining, no, you don't mean it. The sponsors, no, you don't mean it. The people on your side, no, you don't mean it. People that, like me, don't give a fuck at all either way. No, you don't mean it. So, like, what's the point of the stupid charade? I would like to think if it was me, I'd be like, you know what? Take your sponsorship and shove it up your ass. But that would never happen. Yes. By the way, that's what Chappelle did on his his Netflix show. Did you see it? A Netflix special where he's basically, like, defending the... (laughs) Did you see the joke he made about rap, Anthony Rapp, about uh, him with Kevin Spacey? No. He said... He said how... He said, I don't think it was really that bad because rap was, was gay anyhow. <laughs> he knew this was what he wanted, what he knew what he wanted. <laughs> and like, he's like, well, he, I mean, he was making a real point, which is like, you're 14 and you're at a gay party, hang out with gay dudes. So you clearly like kind of want something to happen. You know, I mean, if you're a 14 year old guy, you're hanging out with like at a cheerleader party or hanging out with girls, whatever. It's because you want something to go down. Yeah. So he's kind of saying like, okay, you're 14, you don't, you can't make decisions for yourself, but you're kind of there because you want shit to go down, right? You're gay. Yeah. So, you know, everybody was saying like, don't, don't make it look like you were like plucked off the street and shit like that. You wanted something to happen. And it was probably overwhelming for you, but you were gay. You were gay to be gay anyhow. You're saying so, like, he was like curious. He was, like, he was basically saying, you're going to be gay anyhow. This is just like step one. <laughs> like, so, and then he basically called like the Louis C.K. girls like a bunch of losers, the victims. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, for being, just calling them weak, just saying they're weak, you know, just weak, too weak to be in comedy and shit like that. So, uh, but he didn't, he's not going to apologize. He doesn't give a shit. He's got, he gets his money. He doesn't count on sponsorships for his money. So, you know, he can, he can say shit like that. Now, Netflix is going to take some shit and stuff like that, but they're still going to put him on the air next time. But there's people that are going to be like, you need to immediately pull Dave Chappelle off Netflix. Oh, yeah. So how come Netflix isn't like, well, he's, you know, makes us a lot of money. It so. would happen with some brand. Netflix it does a lot of counterculture stuff. They do a lot of, uh, you know, sort of edgy shit. And also they make a lot of money off that stuff. But they seem... They I, might pull it. They might pull it at some point and issue an apology or some correction before it. Uh, like that article I showed you about sexual assault where they had to give the disclaimer that if you're offended by sexual assault, you can call the psychiatric department. We have counseling services mm-hmm. for that newspaper article. So uh, I, I, assume he did, I would assume he would refuse to get his material pre-approved. Maybe they won't have him on again. And I don't, I'm sure Netflix issued a statement saying this is, not our, this is not our opinion. 
But basically, by and large, you're still kowtowed by a small, relatively small number of people on social media mm-hmm. who can go to the. And by the way, you know, the right wing used to do this too. Those like parent councils, like in Nebraska and shit, would write like get letter writers like in the old days to write ABC about like Three's Company was too gay. It was too gay, or like showed like people not married having sex, and they would boycott it. They'd have to change the stories and stuff in the sitcoms, and it was like 500 people writing letters. So this this stuff's always going on. It's just now. You can do this thing without even having to fucking write a letter. You yeah. don't have to go to your church and sit down on a Sunday and write a letter. You can just like a hashtag and have the same impact. I hate this shit. This world sucks. <laughs> it does, because now, yeah, that used to be the rights thing, but now the left is doing it, and it's, uh, you know, you're getting it from both sides. It's like, okay, just don't be interesting. What, like, it's just trolls. It's just, just trolls. Lay down. Yeah. It's not either right or left. It's just like fucking self-righteous trolls online, and they're really realizing they have power now. And realizing that they ten years ago nobody listened to what they, they wrote letters to the editor and nobody gives a shit. Now they can actually shut a guy down and make a guy apologize online. Yeah, it's really sad. What's that expression they have in Japan? It's like don't um, be a tree sticking up or they'll flatten you out or something. Yeah, I don't know. It probably sounds better in Japanese. Probably. <laughs> Matt, let me ask you: Have you given given money to the Times Up GoFundMe page yet? No, I saw a lot of people I know on there did donate to to it because you can see the donations. Yes, there's a reason why they make the, the donations public. So uh, the the, co- the Anita Hill-led coalition, formerly known as Cashew, the Committee Against Sexual Harassment. I believe and, only you called it Cashew. <laughs> it was the Committee Against Sexual Harassment and Equality in the Workplace. So I'm calling it Cashew. Uh, they changed their name to Time's Up, which, by the way, uh, does that imply a threat of some kind? Isn't that very threatening? Like to call yourself Time's Up? Time's up for who? A time's up for men, I guess. I, I mean, what, doesn't time's up imply there's a penalty about to occur or some shit's about to go down? I could read it as time's up on this shtick that you guys are doing of, of uh, you know, accusing everyone of harassment. Well, that's not what they... That's what they <laughs> I think time's up, like, we're now implied we're no longer going to put up with men harassing women. Or, or miso- we're not going to put up with misogyny in the workplace. Oh, okay. But when someone says time's up, there's usually a penalty element associated with it. There's some kind of threat associated with it. Well, yeah, they have no ability to really enforce anything, so it seems like kind of an empty threat. If- well, like, who says time's up in movies? The bad guys. The bad guys say time's up. Yeah. And then they kill somebody. They kill somebody or they inflict some sort of pain on somebody. Like, good guys don't give people time limits and threaten them with time's up. That's uh, a bad guy thing. I've found with a lot of this, like, sort of... Mm, hardcore feminist type stuff. The reason that, you know, you can go on TV and say women are better than men and uh, women are smarter than men is because no one takes you seriously. Yes. So I, I would probably put this in that category. Well, so uh, Reese Witherspoon, Meryl Streep, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ava DuVernay, a bunch of other, like, Hollywood A-list celebrity women, wealthy women, formed uh, the group. Now they're calling it T- Time's Up. And then, which is fine. And look, they want to put money into this thing. And like, uh, they said that they were driven, inspired by the ladies of the Campesina, which is the Female Farm Workers Association, representing Hispanic female farm workers in the United States. So it's almost like the harder you try to relate yes. to real people, the, yes. the worse you fail. Yeah. So basically, a bunch of women who make, I don't know, 40 million a year and living in Brentwood are now finding kinship with the ladies picking lettuce in the San Joaquin Valley for $2 an hour and being. Raped, I assume, most evenings, if not beaten by, beaten by people having their money stolen. Would you rather be raped or just blatantly exploited 
for Gwyneth Paltrow's political agenda. Oh my god, I'd rather be raped. I'd rather be raped in the traditional way than in the non-traditional way. I don't want Gwen. These people have nothing in common with them. They like they wrote how they're inspired by the ladies of the of the, the fucking field workers and how they're united in kinship as one with their struggle together against men and men and misogyny in the workplace. Yeah, but you wouldn't ever talk to them or let them into your house. No, 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 they wouldn't. Although, did you see those uh, fake signs they put up in Malibu after January 1st when the law changed? They, uh, someone put up in Malibu these signs that says Malibu, the city of whatever, the real ones. And below it, they put, like, a great place to exploit gardeners and housemates and other people. <laughs> like, <laughs> exploiting, like, Mexican what, what workers. What was the law that changed? Well, it was the sanctuary city law in California, uh-huh. which, uh, you know, I guess some people might ascribe to a... Uh, uh, a positive view on that, but a lot of people see it as people using it so they can get more illegal workers oh, to come to the United States. And so you know, the reason why people in Malibu are in favor of it is because they can then keep all their illegal immigrant workers mm-hmm. that they're underpaying and using. So it said, like, Malibu, the beautiful home of the beach is whatever. And they said, and a great place to use for gardeners, like daycare workers, nannies, and stuff like That's that. Funny. Yeah, it was kind of funny. So... Here's the only part I hate about this shit. So let them have their commission and let them, all the women complain, feel like they're, they're struggling with a girl's name Maria and the fucking work, you know, picking lettuce for two bucks an hour. Let them live their little fantasy of oppression, all the shit like that. Let them raise money, have a commission for Hollywood. But they started a GoFundMe page where they're asking for like just random people to donate money to the cause to help them with this. Yeah. And that's where I got pissed off because like, okay, so. Yeah, Meryl Streep put in a million bucks. The Spielberg's put in two million bucks. Right. All the, all the talent agencies had to put in money. They all put in a million bucks. They're trying to raise $15 million for this legal fund uh, to help women who are harassed in the workplace. But then they're taking like 20 bucks from some chick in Nebraska or 15 bucks from some, some lady in Florida or something like that. He probably doesn't have a lot of money to, to yeah. join their cause. How many bushels of cabbage did you pick today, <laughs> yes. bitch? I mean, do the rich... I don't mind... So basically, what I was going to say, I don't mind when the rich white women are getting together to pretend they're victims and then starting a commission to help their victimhood and then raising money to form a commission that's going to have run advertising on channels and shit like that. But they got to pay for it themselves. You can't be asking for donations from blue-collar workers to so uh, the, help your cause. This is like... So what they're doing is they're, they're forming this big pool of money and this is like a... 501, that's a charity, right? It's going to go into, yes, it's going to go into a legal defense fund. So if you feel you were harassed at work, you get a, a free lawyer to con- uh, counsel you on what you're... Yes, it'll be either you, like in your dental office in Cleveland, or Emma Stone on the set of her next, next movie, where her, her beef tenderloin was not the, the soy-based beef tenderloin, but actually real beef, and she was, she was offended. I mean, it's like, yeah, I like... Rich white women do all sorts of crazy shit, and they see themselves in all sorts of lights of victimization, which we know they're not. And again, that's fine. Let them form their, have their luncheons and form their coalitions. It's when they start asking the average women around the country who's working hard for their cash to donate some of that. Uh, my kid doesn't need shoes this week, uh, this month. He doesn't need new shoes because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help uh, Ava DuVernay uh, make sure that women aren't harassed. On yeah, because I got a little news for you. They're not coming out to the Wendy's in Poughkeepsie to uh, investigate no. No. whether your ass was grabbed by a customer. No, that's not the case. They're gonna, that's not the case they're going to be taking. I just, by the way, the, I love when the talent agencies, these are all the places, by the way, that condone all the sexual harassment that's going on for the last 20 years. So these are all the places that basically covered for Harvey Weinstein, covered for all the all the sexual harassers. Now they just give a million dollars. It's like, yeah, I'm on the commission. I'm on the commission. Time's up. Problem solved. My fucking another reason I hate 2018 already. Matt, let me end on this segment about uh, Logan Paul. Uh, are you a big fan of uh, YouTube stars? Who's your favorite YouTube star? 
youthful uh, Generation Z YouTube star. I don't. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of any, but I did watch PewDiePie's uh, videos. <laughs> really? That shit is terrible. I don't know what you're doing if you're watching that. You don't like watching Swedish guys uh, uh, play video games? You could watch Twins on Netflix. It's hilarious. One of them's short. The other one's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and they're twins. Yes. And they go on an adventure. Yeah. Why are you going to watch fucking some Swedish guy... Uh, talk about his, you know, trip to the subway or whatever. When you yeah, can watch- we can watch a movie where people actually thought about what would what would be a good story and make a movie and yeah. produce it and hire it just for your entertainment. Yeah, you'd rather watch a Swedish dude with his fucking uh, swastika on his shoulder like play video. I don't games. think I'll ever get it. I won't ever get it. I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand YouTube. I understand there's been tons of crap on TV and tons of crap on movies, but the entry, the barrier to entry to YouTube is so low. Because you really need, like, a dollar to get started. <laughs> like, so if you want to make a TV show, it has to go through a bunch of gatekeepers. So, yes, there's a lot of shitty stuff that gets through, but there's also some good stuff, like Netflix shows, HBO shows you mentioned. And you got to get raised money. you got to do stuff. you got to, like, kind of in some way confirm that there's some talent behind what you're doing. Yeah. Whereas on YouTube, you know, 8 billion people can start tomorrow trying to be YouTube stars, and five of them will end up being having huge subscriber bases for Whatever random reasons, it doesn't matter. It's a lot of volume. It was also explained to me by someone that works in that field that um, the kids kind of come up with the YouTube guy. Like, he's their same age. And so they look at him as kind of like a buddy that lives next door. Like, not really an entertainer. Yes. Uh, but, you know, and then their guy gets, like, a, a commercial. And they're like, we got it or something, you know. <laughs> it's but, a, I guess that's not much different than being a fan of, like, Taylor Swift or some shit like that. Or Chloe, I saw Chloe. I see Chloe Kardashian's tweets now. I don't know how I got her on my feed, but she writes stupid shit, and all her fans respond as if they're like her best friend. Yeah, like oh my, oh you lost five pounds. Oh that, I mean, I'm trying to lose. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this together. You know, also like yeah, that. that, like social media connection. Like yeah, an actual social connection. As if she's even writing the shit or paying because, attention. You know, because it's uh, there's no production value. So it is a guy just talking into his webcam. But you know, you, you would if you were talking to your buddy, he would look exactly the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, if your buddy talked as, to you through webcam, as interesting of things to say, probably if not more. If your buddy talked to you through webcam about like makeup tips, yeah, that would be. I would not. La- that relationship would not last long for me. So Logan Paul apparently he's like this toe-headed blonde surfer dude. He's got a brother. I think they're twins. I'm not exactly sure. They're on Disney Channel, so they got a big push before they even got on YouTube. As far as I can tell, he runs around doing selfie videos where he's running at things and acting really excited about shit he's seen. Like he's physically running? Like he physically runs. Like he's, an ex- I don't know, he's 22 or 23 now. He like runs to places and he tells people to meet him there. He's got a huge following. He does like sort of like, I'm going to go to this uh, cool show. It's like a music show. Or I'm going to go to this whatever thing. Or I'm going to meet at this mall. And we're all gonna like we're all gonna do a dance together or some shit like that. The chicks want to suck this guy off. He looks really weird looking to me. He looks like what they would pick for casting as a surfer in the seventies, like a seventies like dumb surfer guy for like an extra for a movie. Yeah, I mean he's got bleach blonde hair. He's got the cap and and, and, and you know white I white he teeth. Looks like the caddy from Happy Gilmore. A little, a little bit like that too. He There's just some like retarded an look. Odd looking man. Yeah, he's kind of, he looks. I think the key is that they don't look. He's like twenty. I don't know what he's in his early twenties, but he looks not asexual. I think that's part of it. Yeah, is that he looks like for a twelve year old girl, he could be their boyfriend, and it wouldn't be creepy. Right, right. They did that with just uh, Justin Bieber, where they made him look young for the, for long as possible. Yeah. So girls can imagine him maybe kissing him, but not trying to bone him in the ass. <laughs> so okay. that's very key to this popularity among women. Uh, is they want to, the girls want to see him as a potential like first kiss, 
Not as a dude who's going to be statutory raped them like somewhere like whatever. Gotcha. So he does this thing. He's got a huge following. Tens of millions of people follow this guy. Every every person between the age of eight and fourteen knows who this guy is. I've polled people, polled kids. <laughs> they all know this guy. I've never heard him before. They all know this guy. You're a you're we're being a huge creep at your kids' uh, birthday party. <laughs> yes, if of you're polling kids. Well, no, it was just weird because I saw this story. Like he's huge, and I'm like, oh, like I've never heard of this guy. And then like every single kid I asked, like, oh, Logan Paul. Yeah, I know exactly who that is. Oh, crazy! I've watched his videos all the time. And he's how old? Sorry, I don't know. I would say early twenties, okay. mid twenties. He's an adult. He was on a Disney show like ten years ago as like a teenager, okay. and so that's where he got his. And he and his brother, they must have been a show where they played twins or some shit like that. Anyhow, here's the story. So he goes, his latest thing where I'm going to run to and find something exciting to do, uh, and I'm going to take selfie videos of, was in the forest in Japan where everyone goes to kill, all the guys go to kill themselves. Was this a known thing? Did, yes, did it's you a know known about thing. this? Yes, yes. It's, they've made, they've made movie, documentaries about it before. There's actually some really good documentaries about it. So Is this like a safe space? You're allowed to go in there? Like, there's no one stationed there? Like, don't kill yourself? It's a forest, and you go in there and hang yourself. If you want to kill you. Like in San Francisco, everyone jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. And back in Ithaca, they jump off the bridge at Cornell, the gorge, right? There's different parts of the country, different parts of the world have suicide places. Okay. So I'm sure Alaska had like, I think it was just all of Alaska, right? <laughs> right? It's just like, you know, yeah. I, bet in, I bet in Alaska there's somewhere where people who want to kill themselves went, like jump off a cliff or something. The mall. There's always some, yeah, shoot them. They take 20 people with them before they went. <laughs> There's always some place really sad people go to kill themselves, and it has to make. Is, if, if other people do it there first, it becomes a thing. Okay. And there's um, and in Japan they're very spiritual, so it becomes like a like a mi- safe space, a mystical place. Like so there's this forest where people go and when they want to die, and they go and take their lives in the forest. Okay. And it's like some I don't know if it's a Shinto like a religious thing actually, or just like mystical, but it's taking on like a a life of a death of its own, you might say. And this one, by the way, uh, there are some really good documentaries about why this happens. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not including Logan Paul running through the forests and talking about like the, those whole, the whole like legend of this place. And then like kind of ca- giggling when there's a guy behind him hanging from a rope who's hung himself off a tree, who's dangling from a tree dead. And this guy is like sort of like this dumbass surfer on a YouTube video giggling about like, he wasn't giggling because it was like funny per se, but just like awkward that's just who he is. I'm he's, so perplexed by it. Wait, so... He's like, an, imagine a dumb chick... the volume of people killing themselves... Did he just get really lucky in yes, finding this? Yes, okay. yes. Okay. I mean, it's not like millions of people kill themselves there, but it's like... It's like Christmas ornaments. It's like, uh, I, think, I think in the Golden Gate Bridge every year, like 100 people jump off the bridge every year. Uh-huh. And so they built barriers. At some point, they built barriers to make it really hard to jump off. You have to slide like underneath it. Because at one point, it was like a really... People were dropping off like every few days. And so there was a guy who actually made a documentary about the Golden Gate Bridge, and he just went up there for a year yeah, I saw that. and filmed everybody, and he got, like, a lot of people. Yeah. So you may not get it that night, but you're going to get it next night. So he, he uh, got lucky and found a guy hanging. Hanging, <laughs> hanging from the tree and just was, like, just like a dumb chick, was completely inappropriate about the situation. And then, by the way, ran the video anyhow as a video of him in the, in the forest. So he kind of giggled, because I refuse to watch it because there's something way too morbid about it. It was more of, like a, uh, un- more of like a chick giggle, right? Just like an uncomfortable chick giggle. Like, not I find this funny, but like I'm just kind of like, <laughs> you know, like... It was like, nice shoes, asshole. No, it was just like, he's a really, like, he's like a girl. He's like a girl, basically, right? He's very bubbly and like... He's like a cheerleader. Imagine a cheerleader. It's like a cover your mouth giggle. Yes, and then the, and then there's and they he shot it though. He shoots it. So he got the guy in frame hanging from the thing behind him hanging, <laughs> a dead guy. And we've kind of agreed as a society that you really shouldn't be showing pictures of dead people in your videos, right? 
or any sort of tra- human tragedy. Those those people like we'll go to like in Manhattan when there's a fire and take selfies in front of the fire. People are dying inside. And we've all kind of agreed that that's just not appropriate, right? Yeah. You shouldn't have human suffering as your backdrop for your video. Right. Uh, or they go to the Holocaust Museum and they do they do funny like duck duck lip videos and stuff like that. So and rightfully so, I think people condemn them for that. So it's he get, probably something that everyone should be able to agree on. Yes. So he goes. He was condemned by like even his fans and the kids and like other celebrities and other YouTube stars for running this video and had to apologize. And his apology actually was kind of funny because his apology was like. I do so many videos, I just can't keep track of them all. And so, you know, obviously if I had more time to think about this, I would have known it was inappropriate. But his, his basic subtext was like, I put this shit up, so much shit up, I have no idea what the fuck's going on. And if there's a dead guy hanging in the back, that's just, I, I can't be responsible for that or like knowing that's wrong because I have like five minutes to put this shit up. So, which is kind of true of the YouTube generation. Uh, I want to get this up right away to get as many clicks as possible. So, yeah, I forgot you shouldn't have a dead guy in the background. Uh, like an innocent dumb guy mistake. Uh, and I don't think his intentions were he had ill intentions at all, but they are trying to get clicks. And so he had to do his apologies, stuff like that. But here's my point. Uh, and here's the question email we got from Randy. Is that shit as horrible as it sounds any worse than everything else that's out there for kids to consume on the web and or TV and or a, let's say, popular music these days? Uh no, it seems like he's easy to pick on. I mean, if you look at Honey Boo Boo, this is, you know, major media conglomerates, uh, uh, A&E and channels like that. They're like, let's seek out the saddest, yes, toothless, but- incestual, molested, you know, rampant fucking abused family. And, you know, they'll make jokes about farting and the kid will dress up as a beauty queen and... uh We'll all sit back and feel real superior to them yeah. as our entertainment. Which also, That's also every single MTV show, by the way. Let's go to the Appalachians, find some opioid addict kids, some of whom will drive off cliffs or kill themselves, and film them and laugh at, the, laugh at them, basically. Or rednecks or any people that are willing to, like, that are suffering human-wise. Yeah, some most reality shows, I'm, I'm trying to think of the more of the, like, destitute reality shows, but there's a ton of them. Yeah, where you're just you're just laughing at the people's pain, basically. Yeah, or even on the rich ones like the Beverly Hills, whatever. It's just like they find drunk, mentally ill like housewives who will just fucking scream and get loaded and fall down and hurt their, and break their break their noses and bitch at each other and whatever it is. And just and there's no moral lesson or redeeming quality to this. It's just a spectacle. It's a freak show. It's just a freak show that sometimes and sometimes people die. Yeah. Some guy did kill himself on one of the housewife shows and they're just like, oh, he just killed himself. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. It's a gladiator show, basically. So that's what I was saying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet back. That's what I was thinking. This Logan Paul thing is like, yeah, it's idiotic, but it's no baser than the rest of the entertainment that's out there, I don't think. For kids, you ever listen to like read the lyrics of like Miley Cyrus songs no. that like nine year olds are listening to? I mean, about banging, about I want to bang as much as possible, or let's say your average like Gucci Mane like hip hop song or something like that that is very popular among like twelve to fourteen year olds about bitches and whores and slapping ass and fucking chicks on the bus. Well, this did seem. Is that really? Yeah, I mean, those songs are about. They're they're very. Those songs, the rap songs are very misogynistic. You want to get misogyny? That would if you fucked a chick on the bus, I'll give you a lot of credit for that. Well, Nelly did. Now she's now she's suing him for rape. So oh, yeah. you mean the tour bus? I was thinking a school bus. Oh, on a school bus? No, you're not allowed to do that. You either. said fourteen. I was, <laughs> yeah, my allowed. mind was in the no. You're not allowed to do that either. I'm just talking about the whole banging hoes and all that shit and bitches. I, I don't know. I just don't. I don't feel like this is like seeing a dead body hanging like that. I don't think it's any worse than like it's just graphic. 
and people always claw on to the easiest thing to pick on. I would accept his apology. There also seems to be because when dumb people anything about Japan, I don't know if it's sort of like <laughs> some weird reverse racism, but you know they they feel like it's like uh, sacred. Like, yes. uh, you know, the, yes. the spirit people, some kind of karma, Eastern philosophies coming into it. Like, uh, these noble people were just hanging themselves over their test score. And now <laughs> White Devil comes in with his video. You know, like, I feel like there is a lot of that. In it's the, probably true of any foreign culture, but you're right. The East has a myst- mystical sense about it. The Orient has this sort yeah, of... Yeah, Japan. Yeah, like, yeah, the Shinto religious. Like, it's, not, it's just not a bunch of guys buying uh, girls' panties out of vending machines <laughs> <laughs> and stroking off in leather fucking whatever the hell it is. Japan seems like, by the way, one of the most fucked up countries in the entire world in terms of like just their sexual social mores. Oh, yeah. They just seem like... Radically, uh, remember that story we were talking about the guys were like, there's a new group of guys, by the way, in the measuring the hundreds of thousands who have locked themselves in their rooms and won't come out of their rooms anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they just watch, they just, they have ga- they have jobs as like coders or programmers so they never leave their room and they just watch porn all day. Their parents slip food under their door. It's fascinating. <laughs> yes. And because they're Japanese, like American, that guy would be 400 pounds. Yeah. You know, just, well, they only get sushi. Yeah, they get a little be bit a little of sushi. sadder. <laughs> it would be sad. But somehow you're right. In These Japan, guys are like monks. It, when, like, when like a magazine, like a Vogue or Vanity Fair covers that story, it's seen as like a, there's some, it's raised to a level of like a social, uh, you know, sort of oddity, but like a mysticism behind it. Like what's really behind us, whereas it's just losers in the U.S. There's just be fucking losers, shut in losers living at home. Yeah. So I agree with that. All right, Brian, you have something you wish to pimp and promote on the show? Sell it. Sell uh, it. Not a lot going on, really. Um, CSUN and UCLA ice hockey resume after the winter break this uh, this month. CSUN's What are your big cool. goals for 2018? Oh, gosh. Um, I haven't really besides living, that. besides living another day, I, I resolve to procrastinate less in 2019. Awesome, I got it, Matt. By the <laughs> way, uh, do you have a man's only show coming up? Men only, no women allowed. <laughs> no one would go to that. show. You should do that. Why don't you do that as a stunt? I just don't think anyone would want to go. It sounds creepy. I know, but there'd be some act, female activist who would sneak her way in. You could kick her out. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I should try it. I'll show up for that. Uh, a cover. Yeah, I got a bunch of lives. I'll post on the website, mattralston.net. I was writing this thing about uh, transsexual people getting kicked off of Twitter because, uh, sorry, Tinder. Really? Yeah, it turns out guys don't appreciate it. When they're being fooled, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's, not, that's still not a cool thing. Although, a uh, new law, by the way, you're allowed to do that, and a new law that you love in California... You can now give people AIDS and not get not get arrested. Uh, this is Lex. Uh, I don't know if you can catch me on the Blaze anymore. I might be ending my tour on the Blaze in the morning. I found it was too early for me. But catch my book, Man Rules on Amazon. Thank you to Rocco's. You're the best. You guys are the best. Fantastic. Lions out the door for the show once again this week. Pizza is great. The drinks are great. And the coffee is strong. This is Lex. Last minute. Talk to you next week.